Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This week's message is the first in our series, Courageous. The message comes from Joshua chapter 1. I believe that God has a word for you. And I believe that God has a word for all of you as we launch into a new series this morning that we're calling Courageous. Today we launch into this series... And I believe that each and every one of you, day in and day out, you are inundated with challenges and opportunities to lean into rather hard things. Is that true for you? It's true for me. And I don't care if you're six. I don't care if you're a six-year-old on the playground. I don't care if you're a 16-year-old dealing with classmates or, or if you're a 36-year-old having farm issues or, or dealing with areas of stress in your work. Maybe you're 66 and dealing with retirement, or maybe you're 86 and dealing with end of life. And here's the thing, I mean, all of the other sixes and and every other number in between, you're also inundated with these things. And every one of us is faced with issues that require courage. Courage is simply this. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. Over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to be camped out in the book of Joshua. And we're going to be looking at the ways that he and the people of Israel had the courage to trust. They had courage to prepare. They had courage to remember. The courage to question. The courage to pray boldly. The the courage to seek forgiveness. and, And the courage to ultimately make a choice. And today, we're going to be opening in Joshua chapter 1. That feels like a good place to start when we start a new series, right? Is to start at the beginning. Um, And what we're going to find, I think, as you open Joshua chapter 1, is that Joshua needed the courage to obey. Now, when we think about this idea of obeying, this is how I want to define it for you. It's to act according to what you have been asked or ordered to do by someone in authority. Our two favorite words, yeah? To be, uh, to have to practice courage and to obey. And if you're like me, or like the person sitting next to you, you probably don't like to be told what to do. You don't like to have to muster up the ability to do something that frightens you in order to do what you have been asked or ordered to do. It's a challenge. But we will find in Joshua that he had all kinds of experiences like this as as we dive deeply into the scripture. Joshua spent 40 years as Moses' assistant. He waited patiently at the base of the Mount of the base of Mount Sinai for Moses to come down after his encounter with the Lord. Joshua's around all the time. He did all the things that Moses did. He saw the Lord appear in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Joshua was intimately connected 
with our friend Moses. Joshua even wandered through the wilderness with these people. For 40 years he did it. And now at, at this point in history, Joshua is called, he's called by God to lead the people of Israel into the land, into the promised land, the, the land that the Lord had promised a long, long ago, all the way back in the book of Genesis. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to take it out. I took mine out a couple minutes ago. Um, but yours is, there, there's some in the pew for you in front of you, but you can also uh, read along on the screen or throw open your preferred electronic device, whatever it is that you access Scripture on. And we'll get there. Because what happens and, and what is true for Joshua is it required courage to obey. He had to uh, work his way through all kinds of courage in order to obey. So get to Joshua chapter 1. And as we do that, I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, would your word be our rule? Holy Spirit, would you teach us something? And with the glory of Jesus, even in an Old Testament text, would the glory of Jesus be our single concern? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, hear these words from the book that we love from Joshua chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you and all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What's the scariest thing you've ever been asked to do? 
Go ahead, take a minute. You can, you can shout it out if you feel like it. I don't care. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever been asked to do? And, and, and what was scary about that ask? What, what was it that startled you? Did you fight the request? Did you do it? Did you not? At the time, the scariest thing that I ever encountered, the scariest request that was ever made for me was when my boss told me to go call on advertising customers in another community. These were people I didn't know. I had absolutely no relationship with them. And it was daunting. I was, uh, everything in me stirred. My neck got tight. My palms were sweaty. And I was scared to death. I wanted nothing to do with the assignment. Now, he did what he could. He told me that this would be, this is why this project and the thing we're selling would be good for them. And yet, I didn't fully have everything I felt like I needed. Have you ever had this kind of experience? Have you ever been asked to do something that you didn't feel ready or prepared to do? Maybe you have been asked to give a speech in school. Maybe you've given a presentation to coworkers. Maybe you're a teacher and you had to stand in front of fifth graders and act like you knew more than they did. Insert your example here. What is it that you've been asked to do that seems really hard and scary that required courage to obey? Because whatever the case, whatever it is that you've been asked to do, I would contend that stress and anxiety levels are diminished when we know what it is that we're supposed to do when we feel prepared. The times when I have felt the least anxious about the thing I've been asked to do is when I have a handle on what it is that is exactly that is expected of me. It's when I know the people I'm engaging with. It's when I know deep in my being that I feel most comfortable when, when I have all the things, when I feel like I've been empowered and equipped to do the thing that I've been asked to do. I dare say that was true for Parker today too. Right? You've been empowered and equipped, and you've been called by God to stand up in front of the church and to profess your faith in Jesus Christ. Not because it was something that you wanted to do so much as it was like God just doing this work and drawing you out and pulling you into it, and, and that's pretty beautiful. But God called and empowered Joshua too. And here's the thing, as God enabled him to step into the role of Moses, the servant of the Lord— after he heard that Moses was dead, God has called us to the same kind of thing. And I wonder what it was like for Joshua. Have you ever wondered that? Like, did, did he hear this big booming voice? Did it just ring out of heaven or, or did he hear um, something that was a little more quiet? Did, he, did God just come to him in the quiet, in the still of the night? What was it and how was it that Joshua received this word. One of the most compelling passages in all of Scripture for me is found in verse 3. The NIV says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. But there's other translations of the text, and another translation of the text reads it, this, it says it this way, 
every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. It's a game changer, right? I mean, it's done. It's finished. It it feels a little bit different than when it says, I will do this. I I will give it to you. But, But in this translation, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. It's already done. And so the end result is this, that the impetus by which Joshua gets into action is faith in the one who made the promise. It was declarative, and he did it in, in, in the Old Testament. One of the ways in which we claim property was by walking over it. It was the legal claim. So as Joshua takes steps and he does the thing, he's declaring that this is his. And, and even though the Canaanites were currently in the land, they had possession of it, God had already given it to Joshua so he could step forth with an incredible amount of courage. He could trust the Lord in order to get into action. So seemingly without fear and great courage, our boy Joshua obeyed the Lord. And he knew from personal experience that the Canaanites were powerful, that they were mighty in battle. They lived in fortified cities that were strong. They, they were always victorious in the battles that they engaged in, particularly on their home turf. I mean, they knew the lay of the land. They were in phenomenal shape. They understood the mountainous terrain. And all the odds seemed to be in their favor. Except for one thing. When, when God issues a command, God also makes and keeps promises. God makes and keeps promises. In our text, with the knowledge that they will, that wherever they go, God has already gone before them and given them victory. Joshua and the Israelites have the land. They go after it. God's power is with them. God promised the land. God's power is in the word of God, and God promised Joshua his presence. God promised the land. God's power is in the word, and God promised his presence. So for people who have been around the church and read the scriptures probably your entire lives, when someone often quotes Joshua chapter 1, we go to these words, right? Be strong and courageous. That's the first thing that pops to our mind, and and rightly so, because they are good, strong words. They're great commands. But I want to focus on those three things. God promised the land. Here in the first of the be strong and courageous lines in verse 6, we read this, see this in verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. This is the land that has been promised for centuries. It's a land that the Lord once showed to Moses. He took Moses there, and Joshua was probably there. He was probably standing there, and he probably saw all the things that the Lord showed to Moses probably 35 years previously, and he's there. But now, 
as he's there again, the Lord has anointed him. He's anointed Joshua to take the land, to push through any fears that he might have, to trust God above all the stories that he's telling himself about how failure is imminent, about the, the prowess of the Canaanites, and to have faith that the Lord will deliver. And Joshua does this. Joshua can do this because of the work that the Lord has done. He does it with certainty because he received the command. Did you hear the command? Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. Not anybody else. You will. Have you ever, have you ever doubted God's command to you? Have you ever doubted his invitation to you to do something, to engage in something he's asked you to do? I wonder if this promise might change that for you. God's promise of the land gives Joshua courage to obey. So does God's power through the word. The the second of the be strong and very courageous lines comes here. The the promise is is in the word. Be strong and very courageous in verse 7. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Then do these things, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, this is not some kind of prosperity gospel that we often hear uttered in 21st century North America. This is a, a promise from the Lord, do these things. There's, there's power in the word when we're able to take it and use it and apply it to our lives. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it either way and then keep it on your lips. That means like you're actually talking about the scriptures. You're reciting them to the people that you engage with. Meditate on it day and night. Let it get in you. Internalize it and interiorize it so that it pours out of every pore. Keep the word of the Lord on your lips at all times. It it has a Deuteronomy 6 kind of feel to it. The Shema is found there. It's this prayer that is often conflated with obedience. Theologian, Walter Brueggemann says it like this. The mandate is pure theological ideal and is completely unbothered by economic, political, and military reality that are yet to come. Actual entry into the land turns out to not be as clean and neat as Torah ideology might have suggested. And here's the thing. The reason is this, Brueggemann continues, it's that real land, unlike theologically promised land, is always contested, disputed, and conflicted. 
That is, there are already people there who do not yield easily to Israel's theological claim. There's every time you're asked to take a step, here's the problem. There's a challenge because there's an obstacle likely looming. When, we, when God tells us to do something, there's a challenge that's in front of you. Have you ever experienced a challenge? Have you thought that you were supposed to do something and then felt stuck? Thank God that Joshua has chapter 3 in his hip pocket. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, he declares. So Joshua and the people of Israel had courage to obey because of the power that is available to God, to him from God, from the scriptures. And finally, the people of Israel have this last word, the final, the third of the be strong and courageous statements is found in verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The, the the, the presence of the Lord was palpable, and it went with Joshua. Upon hearing the command, he dove headlong into it. We don't read about any questions, any doubts. He just got into action. And it had to take him back to the time when Moses laid hands on him. Moses laid his hands on him, and, and then he was anointed into ministry. And while it hadn't happened all that long ago, it was probably fresh in his mind. Going back to Deuteronomy chapter 31, we read these words, then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and bold for you are the one who will go with the people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their ancestors to give them. Go there. And, and you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Theologian Beverly Roberts Gaventa says this, the, the promise of God's presence here and, and in verse 9 of Joshua 1 enables the mission that Joshua and all Israel have received it gave them the power to do it. If they are to enter and acquire the land, the reason that they will be able to do so, the reason it occurs is only because God is present with them to lead them to the goal. It's the only reason. Can you imagine what, what would have happened if Joshua had tried to do this on his own? Can you imagine? What, can you imagine what would happen if you tried to do things on your own and the word is chaos, right? I mean, we experience chaos when we do things on our own. See, Joshua had the courage to obey because he had the promise of God's presence. And this is true for you too. It's true for me. It's true for all of us in 21st century North America. It's true in Sioux Center. It's true in Haywarden. It's true in all of the region. 
for those of us who are in Christ, the Spirit of God is with us. The Lord has given us the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that, that Jesus has us right where he wants us. I believe that Jesus has you right where he wants you. And that we are to do the things that he calls us to do. Jesus was really clear about this in, in John chapter 14. He says this. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Brueggemann knew that this was really hard and Jesus did too. Jesus knew that we would struggle in doing the things he carried out. So he's crystal clear, I think. Ask me for anything in my name, he says, and I will do it. Are we asking Jesus for the things? Are we asking him anything? Are we asking him, what is it that you would have me to be and to do? Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things. Do you believe it? Do you believe that you can do even greater things? It's, it's because he makes this promise and, and because of the power of his presence that I think that we need to be intimately connected with Jesus, growing where you're planted, understanding the things that Jesus said and did so we meditate on the scriptures day and night. Can we help you meditate on the scriptures? And because every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon has been given to you, we can live with this simple promise. John 14, 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Parker, buddy. You've done it. You, you, you did it. You stood before us and you proclaimed Jesus as Savior and Lord. And, and you are now joined with us. You are joined with all of us who are in Christ and have been called in this place to make Christ known. We're, we're a bunch of people who are committed to knowing Christ, to growing together and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. And, and God has put us here at this time in history to do just that. Friends, your challenge this week is rather simple. Short and sweet. Return to Joshua chapter 1. And read it. And read it. And read it. And then read it out loud at least once this week. And allow it to pour over you. Allow the words to speak to you. To make a promise to you. As if you were Joshua receiving, receiving that promise. That's it. Receive the word 
receive it from the Lord, and then get into action. Do what it says. Have the courage to obey. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we need your presence. We, we understand that you have given us the promise of, of the land, that there is power in your word when we meditate on it, when we sit with it, and when we allow it to be on our lips, and we understand that there is power in your presence. Would your presence empower us and equip us to have courage to obey you, to obey all the things you ask us to do. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.